Have you ever wondered what makes bodies tick? Are you creating the sexual reality you desire and require? Would you like to know more about what else is possible with bodies? What if your fantasies are not as strange as you thought they were? What if you could learn to be kinder to your body and kinder to others' bodies? Would you like to create confidence in the bedroom and beyond? How has your sex life, or lack of it, affected other areas of your life? Have you lost your mojo and wondered where to find it? Everyone has the potency to be a sexual superhero. Get ready to listen, sense, and play with the sexualness that is you. Now, here is the host of The Pleasure Zone, Body Whisperer, Melitza Yelenich. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Pleasure Zone. I'm your host, Melitza Yelenich. Um, tonight, I have a topic that may bring a few, um, few friends of mine in on the conversation. I've asked some people to just jump in um, freely if they like and join in. A lot of parents um, having conversations with their kids about sex because I am aware that I do have uh, teens and preteens who are listeners who listen in with their families. So I want to welcome all ages to the show. Um, so this is going to be uh, like a little less swearing than usual, probably. Although my shows have gotten less swearing in the last year or so. I've, I've been taming it down, finding other words to use. So for those of you who are brand new to this show, I want to welcome you. I want to welcome uh, you for your bravery to even listen to a show about bodies, sex, copulation, um, anything like that. Because I know that as a teen myself, as a preteen, I was like really shy about wanting information about sex. Um, it was really cute. We had this show in Canada, uh, and, and I think Americans got it later on, but uh, about 30 years ago we had this show, and it was on for quite a number of years, Sex with Soup. And it was on um, broadcast on radio, uh, on a radio station called Q107 back when I was a kid. And it was on Sunday nights, and it was a Sunday night sex show with Sue. And I have to say that was highly educational for me. And and I know that, you know, it was before headphones were easy. You, could, you couldn't put the headphones into your your um, table radio beside your bed like you could if you were really rich, but I didn't have that kind. So, you know, I would listen to it, and I, I'd put, like, I'd put the radio up to my head and I'd be listening to Sex with Sue and getting all the great information from her. She had phenomenal information about, um, you know, things like people would call in constantly and she had the patience of Job, man, because people would call in weekly and say, I listen to your show all the time. And then they would ask a question that they'd ask, somebody had asked last week, but obviously they were like too busy rocking it to the sex show with Sue to actually listen to Sue and hear what she had to say. Um, so I just say, I got a lot of information from Sue back in the day and I found it was such a gift. Um, and I'm aware that that kind of thing is maybe now all left up to the internet. It's left up to pornography. It's left up to, you know, movies like American Pie. It's left up to a lot of things. Um, and, I think it's like very it's I think it's very funny that we have relied so much on outside sources to educate our children about their bodies, sex, copulation and kindness in all those areas. It's um it's really funny that we have I'd have to say that we have probably more 
uh, teen sex now than ever, even though we have access to the most information we've ever had on the planet. I think we have more STDs are like on the rise. Um, it's funny because we have access to tons of information now. Is anybody actually listening to it, utilizing it, reading it, acknowledging it, questioning it? doesn't seem that way. So I really invite you in this show to, um, you know, I'm going to bring up some conversation starters that you can have with your kids. Um, I'll be inventing them on the spot, so that'll be fun. <laughs> I would also like to have some conversations with you, like as a reflection about what things were like when you were a kid and now the conversation to have with millennials, which is very different than the conversation that was had um, with anybody who's in my generation or my mom's generation or that in-between generation. Like people between their 40s and 70s right now, we had a very different conversation. I, I mean, in that that age range from 55 even to 70 was a very different conversation than my age range of 40 to, say, 55. Like, there is a very um, different information out there now that's available. Um, it's not so secretive. And yet, with all the access to it, it's like people aren't as familiar with it as maybe uh, we were. Or I'm not sure what that is, but I felt like there's some information lacking and I'm really excited to kind of tap into that tonight and bring some more information to people. So, so uh, again, for those of you who are brand new to this show, uh, my name is Milica Yelenich, and I'm a body worker. And, and what that means for me is that I work with people with their bodies to create ease in their bodies, to create like a sense of ease in their lives through movement, through energy work. Um, I've been doing this kind of work for over 20 years. You can check out my website, www.malitsajelinek.com. So that's M-I-L-I-C-A-J-E-L-E-N-I-C.com. You can find information about me on there, my contact information. You can join my mailing list. I don't send out tons of emails, but when I do, they're, you know, poignant, I hope. <laughs> and... Uh, uh, full of information, and also uh, you can find friend me on all kinds of social media like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, it's just under my name. You can find me there, and also on Facebook, um, I have a business page, The Pleasure Zone. It's the radio show um, Pleasure Zone station, so you can find information there. I often post my replays or upcoming shows on there when I'm in, um, you know, when I'm on the ball, I'll I'll post all that. Um, so I'm really, really curious about, and I'm getting some cute information like my emails are the best and <laughs> thanks. <laughs> and, um, so I'm curious for you listeners, uh, out there, if you are parents and if you have had conversations with your kids about sex, about copulation, about their bodies, masturbation, if you've had these conversations with your kids, if you felt awkward about it, um, you know, if you feel like you don't even have the information yourself, you know, um, you know, if you felt like the conversation wasn't quite up to snuff and you could have maybe had a, an even uh, more fun, more expansive conversation, um, you know, what if you could? And for me, 
you know, sometimes I'm aware, I'm aware that there are times where I can throw my daughter into a beyond. You know, she's eight years old and um, the other day I thought, oh, let's watch American Pie. You know, I got this like, I got all eight of them and I didn't even know there were eight. I only knew there was three. I got all eight of them and I was like, let's put on American Pie. This is some funny stuff. Hilarious. Yeah, it's not funny to an eight-year-old. Um, there left some questions out of my brain. Completely forgot to ask, will this be funny to this kid? Not at all. She was actually really shocked and a bit of a beyond and a little offended. Um, yeah, there was a lot of nudity. I actually didn't think about it to me. It was just plain funny, you know. Um, and and the one of the funniest parts of every movie in that series is that Eugene Levy, as as the character Noah Levenstein, in every single uh, one of the movies, all eight of them, he says, and he always has to bring up the incident with his son. If you haven't watched American Pie, I'm not ruining for this you, you know. Um, if if you haven't seen it, you know he, uh, you know, the the main character ends up uh, copulating, uh, kind of doing a pie on the counter, and his dad walks in on him, and and consistently throughout the series, uh, Eugene Levy brings this up uh, and and talks about his, you know, I caught my son in a precarious situation, and he was, you know, trying to make love to pastries. Like he brings it up in every episode, and he says, and then he adds. And that's perfectly natural. And I'm like, what does that mean? So after hearing perfectly natural this whole week, because I went on a bit of a American Pie bender, I was like, what does it perfectly natural mean? And what is it that parents are trying to say to their children when they say, oh, that's perfectly natural. I caught you shoving our cucumbers up your vagina. That's perfectly natural. So... Uh, is it, you know, is it the parents' way of trying to feel a little bit better about how they raised you? Like, what is that? So, I don't know, but it's perfectly natural. So, I really, really want to, uh, I really wonder, have you ever been caught in those crazy situations? Um, what did your parents say to you? Did you ever catch your children in those situations? And, you know, what did you say to them? Did you say, hey, it's perfectly natural? Um, you know, I love those conversations. Eugene Lovey as a dad is one of the funniest characters um, ever. And yes, he is on a show on CBC in Canada. I don't know if you get this in the States or anywhere else in the world called Schitt's Creek. It is a freaking hilarious show. And it might actually be on Netflix. Not sure. I'm plugging Eugene Lovey tonight. I actually adore him. And I saw him uh, live once in a in Toronto at a, at a restaurant. So that makes me extra excited. I literally sat beside him in a diner and I was like, whoa, it's Eugene Lefke. Um having a very normal conversation just about the year before American Pie came out. So there you go. He was probably filming at the time too. And uh, so so what is it that is perfectly natural is my question. And, and what is it that, what energy can you be for your kids when you get the bomb dropped on you, whether it's you walk in on them, you know, have an oral sex, have, you know, doing it from behind. Like, what is it, what energy can you be to allow your kid to not go into a beyond so that they're not feeling like completely lost, confused, uh, embarrassed, rejected? 
whatever it is. I have to say, admittedly, when I was about 22, 20-ish, something like that, um, I was working long hours. I was working seven days a week, and I had a very fun life. Um, and at some point, I was uh, I was going out a lot, and I had met a guy, and I lived in this really, really small apartment and um, with my mom, and we basically hardly ever were there. So uh, we ended up uh, hardly ever being in that space. But it just happened that night that since I thought my mom was in Montreal, which is a five-hour drive from Toronto, I thought, I'm going to have this guy over to my place. So I did. And not only did I have him over to my place, he was still there in the morning. And not only was my mother not in Montreal, she walked in. And to to the point where it was like something out of a movie. Like my mom lost like all of her ability to speak. She kind of turned around, fumbled. The keep in mind this was a very small apartment. We had all of our stuff like stacked to the nines. It was basically like a, a in a sense it was like a storage unit that had a bed in it, and that was about it. And we occasionally uh, ate there and bathed there and gathered our stuff and left. It was it was an interesting living situation. So, so thankful for what I have created in my life since then. But keep in mind, this was a very small space. So my mom tries to turn, you know, things are falling on her. Uh, like she knocks into the clothing rack. She like knocks a picture off the wall. She's stumbling. She's falling, drops a bag of milk on the floor. Like the whole scene is just a freaking disaster. Why? Because she walked in on her daughter naked with some guy. And it wasn't even that we were like fully humping at the time. Like that was kind of done. But we're like lying there naked. Um, uh, and it was it was an interesting experience. It was also an interesting night before that, but that's a whole other story. Um, a story that I would have to call a woman and an octopus because that's the only way I could describe it. This man had more hands than I thought was possible. So I'm just going to call that story for future reference a woman and an octopus. It was a lot of fun and it was memorable. So, so have you walked in on your parents? Guys, I've done that too. I have not only have I walked in on my parents, I have found things around the house that I should not know about. So um I'm not gonna name the parent, but I have found things around some parents' homes at some time that I was like, Whoa, what is that? Um, knowing what it was and trying to hide from my brother that I knew what it was and just pretending that it was a cat toy with lots of balls on it. Okay. End of that story. When we come back, we're actually going to go to break now. I know I've just been like very excited about my life and talking about that for 15 minutes. Um, basically to bring up that, you know, sex does happen and teens have it. And you might walk in on them. They might walk in on you. And when we come back from this break, we're going to get into the conversations you can actually have with your kids. Many of us have created a lot of limitations around sex and what we are willing to choose. Would you be willing to explore what has already been introduced as sexual practices on this planet? What else is possible beyond what we have already seen, heard, or thought of? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual revolution? Taking the taboo out of all aspects of sex, sexuality, and copulation. By tuning into The Pleasure Zone radio show with body whisperer Melitza Yelenich. You'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life. 
and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Melitza every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on A2Zen.fm. What if there's nothing wrong with you? What if you're far greater than you've ever given yourself credit for? What if it's time to know the gift and the contribution you are to the world and to like yourself a lot more? Hi, my name is Dane here. 13 years ago, I started to truly ask questions. Actually, I started to be the question, and everything changed for me. Asking questions opens doors to infinite possibilities. And it's not about finding the answer. It's about being the question. Always. What I'm inviting you to step into is something that Einstein, Marie Curie, Newton, Da Vinci, Gandhi, Picasso, and Aristotle all knew to be true. What if no question is too big or too small? What if anything is possible for you? What if together we could create a kinder, gentler, happier world? Is now the time? Go to beingyouclass.com and sign up for a free video series, My Gift to You. beingyouclass.com What if you, truly being you, are the gift and change this world requires? beingyouclass.com This is The Pleasure Zone with body whisperer Melitza Yelenich. To participate in the program today, please call us in the U.S., Call 815-880-8255-TALK or Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at A2Zen.fm. You can also make the choice to ask for comment by email by sending to Melitza at MelitzaYelenich.com. Now, back to the program. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to The Pleasure Zone. I'm your host, Melitza Yelenich. And tonight, the name of the topic is what is perfectly natural? Uh, inspired by Eugene Levy's character on American Pie, this is like to me. This is like the, the the saying that goes along with teen sex. After watching all eight of those movies last week, um, it is so funny to me that um, you know we all of us. I'm sure if you've been alive on this planet have had some kind of incident that or if you haven't had an incident like this maybe I'm just highly unusual and what you know have these like crazy things happen to me all the time maybe I am a character from American Pie and have embarrassing moments all the time I'm not sure but I think they made that movie because this stuff happens to people people have embarrassing situations maybe not doing pastries however other things so um like the story before we went to break that I was telling you guys. Uh, the other one is yes, I have actually walked in on my, you know, father. Uh, it was lunchtime. You know, I was heading off to university. I went to go say say like bye to my dad, and you know, drove like forty minutes to go. And I go, Dad, I'm going off to university, and all the doors in his house were locked except for that one back door that I happened to know how to get into. And I like made my way into his house. And what did I walk? So. What did I walk in on? My dad at lunchtime. He's a hungry man. Guys, I'm leaving the rest to your freaking imagination. And then my dad informs me that he's not an angel and this is not the first time he's done this. I was like, whoa, yes, I'm aware that this is not the first time you've done this. You have children. Uh, and wow, dad, so did not expect to see your face there. Um, so that's been... Uh, um, one of those things that has actually been uh, definitely etched into my brain. So I, that's something that, you know, um, haunts me every once in a while. 
And for those of you who have walked in on things like that and went, wow, you know, happens. Uh, I know for Ziva, she's haunted by me having orgasms. She's like, mommy, why are you doing that? Will you stop that? Please stop that. It's making me sad. So, you know, that happens. (laughs) Shows up in our lives. And what kind of conversation can we have with our kids? So my dad's first instinct was to tell me that he's not an angel, which was that he was putting so much guilt into this, like, oh, what I'm doing is wrong. Yeah, what if what you're doing is not wrong? So, you know, that was his first energy there was like, whoa, the shame and the blame, and he was feeling guilty and had to explain himself. I wasn't looking for explanation. I knew exactly what you were doing, Dad. No explanation required. And now, a few years ago, my dad said, well, now that you're a grown-up, I was 38 at the time, now that you're a grown-up, and then he starts telling me about his sexual endeavors. It was like way more information than I required, yet at the same time, I was like, interesting that my dad has this comfort level with me to have this discussion about sex, about erections, about what's going on with him and his body. Um, about what's going on in general. And so for him, it was sort of a comforting conversation that, you know, I talked to men about these things and he wanted to talk about these things. It was like, wow, yeah, it is a wow conversation to have with your parent. Um, And I have on more than one occasion. Um, So what if we don't make it wrong or weird? You know, it's really funny because, you know, as much as we think we are there for our kids to educate them, to provide for them, to facilitate them, to, you know, look after them, sometimes those roles get reversed. Like with my dad and I, and I end up being the one in the position of being listening and like going, yes, dad, that's normal. That happens. This is what's going on. Um, perfectly natural. So, you know, even our even our children, when they're, say, 7, 8, 9, 10, 15, what do they know? Like, what information can we allow them to share with us? Because there are so many um, conversations that we're not having thinking that we're the only ones with information. So what if we started to ask our kids, "What? hey, what do you know about this? So now... Um, you know, as much as Ziva was in a beyond after that, after watching like the first 20 minutes of American Pie with me, um, the first one, um, I did ask her, I'm like, do you know what that is? Like, what are you aware of here? She's like, yes, I know what it is. And I don't want to see it. I was like, hey, that's totally fair. You are aware of it and you're choosing not to see it. Cool. You know, if you're running away from it and you don't know what it is and you just you're not willing to be informed, that's another thing. But if you are aware of what it is and you choose like, no, this is not working for me, it's not appropriate for me, hey, she knew better than I did what would work for her. Kids are smart, they know. Um, please have the conversation with them because they will let you know when they want to know information. And it's interesting because I was also, I randomly get to work in the school system and I absolutely love working with uh, kids, especially this particular day last week. Um, there was a boy that was that had come in and he's in grade seven or eight now, I think. Uh, and I met him, yes, he must be in grade eight. And I met him two or three years ago and at the time he was having girl problems the first time I met him. And, and he was asking, he kind of pulled me aside in class, cutest little kid, 
big brown eyes, brown curly hair, just adorable. And he was having girl problems and he wanted to talk about what to do with girls. And this time, when I came into the class, he had realized that his actions had actually hurt the feelings of a girl. And he was coming into my room. Um, my room that day is like was like a, a special room that kids can go into when they're feeling um, overwhelmed or overburdened. And they can just go in there for quiet time. So I got to be like in the room with all the kids that get overwhelmed and just want to talk about stuff. And so he came in and... Um, He's like, you actually remember me, miss? I'm like, yeah, last time I was in, you had girl problems. And he's like, I'm having them again. And he had written this, like, beautiful letter to this girl apologizing for her for not standing up for her um, when these other guys were teasing her. And he's like, I actually really like her. I was just being such a jerk, and I don't even know why I did that. Um, so sweet. Like, these, you know, kids are aware um, and giving them space, kind of like that space in the school, to be able to process that is such a gift. Um, really cool. So, you know, I'm sure that there are, you know, teens out there who are listening who have done that, who have done the shaming and the embarrassing and the, you know, all this stuff where, you know, you actually don't, you don't feel joy in your life um, being that towards other people, you you kind of walk away feeling like a shithead. Um, so when you are, why would you make yourself feel bad about making other people feel bad? What else is possible? So when it comes to, um, you know, sex and, and relationships with teens, I think one of the biggest things that is showing up these days is, you know, with the internet, there's a lot of this um, body shaming going on, there's embarrassment, there's, you know, guys trying to coax girls into taking nude photos, girls trying to coax guys into taking nude photos, and then having it all spread around and then laughing at each other and, and not laughing at each other as in, ha ha ha, that was a funny joke, but you know what I'm saying, like, humiliating each other. And there's such a level of unkindness that was really bothering me that when I saw this kid being so kind and sweet, I was like, yeah, this is possible. Like, people can be sweet. And this, you know, this kid is in with some of the kids who are little jerks, and he's willing to change shit, which is amazing. And how brave is he to to choose to not be like his friends, to choose to be himself um, you might have heard the ad on this show just before this started, BU Change the World from Dane here. He's in Australia right now having that class. And it's so freaking true. BU Change the World when it comes to your conversation with your kids and sex, when it comes to having, even when it comes to, um, you know, if you if you have done something and you're not proud of it and you feel like a shithead about it, be you and go freaking change it. You know, be the kindness you be so that you can be the invitation to other kids even going, you know what, yeah, I'm, I'm not cool with you like harassing so-and-so and making fun of so-and-so or, you know. And kids, please, like, this is your body. Please be kind to it. You know, if if you really... I, I'm an adult and I don't send pictures like that out, um, you know, and it's not because of lack of self-esteem. It just isn't, it just doesn't make sense to me. Like, why would I do that? My body's more valuable than that. My life is more valuable than that. I don't require having 
pictures spread all over the internet. Um, and, you know, I have a sex talk radio show and I talk about this stuff all the time and I'm not spreading pictures of me around. So I wonder, um, guys, I really wonder if you'd be willing to ask some questions before even adults, guys, like you do realize that these things stay on your hard drives of your computer. They stay in your phones. They are in the cloud. Like you cannot get rid of them. So, um, wherever they are, like if you are sending them to people, be, you know, via text or something, be aware of what you're choosing because these things, they stick around. They can haunt you later. They can create havoc in your life in a way that's not fun. Um, and, and I really would like you to consider that if you are receiving a picture like that, that that person's being vulnerable with you if it truly is a picture of them. And please be kind don't be spreading it around. Don't be laughing at them. If you really feel like that's something you need to do is go laugh at a person, first laugh at you. Then be kind. To, like if you're really going to laugh, laugh at how silly you're being. Not laugh at you like make fun of you. Laugh at you about how silly you're being. Then choose something different. Um, I'm really not looking at you like being unkind to you either. So... What would be kind? Um, and, and for teens, I think one of the conversations that's missing in schools right now when it comes to sex ed is, you know, we tell you your body parts, but we don't really give you any tools to deal with the emotional stuff that's going on, to deal with all of the other things, um, the fallback, you know, whether it's like you're choosing to be uh, the precocious one in school um, and 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 that may be truly who you be. And now let's give you some tools so that you can manage it without feeling suicidal or off or wanting to run away or any of that stuff so that you can truly be you, even if you are the precocious um, one that people call a slut, boy or girl, like whatever that is, let's give you some tools. So when we come back from break, I think I'm going to have some guests joining us. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit about some tools that we can use with our kids when we come back from break. Many of us have created a lot of limitations around sex and what we are willing to choose. Would you be willing to explore what has already been introduced as sexual practices on this planet? What else is possible beyond what we have already seen, heard, or thought of? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual revolution? Taking the taboo out of all aspects of sex, sexuality, and copulation. By tuning into The Pleasure Zone radio show, with body whisperer Melitza Yelenich, you'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Melitza every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on A2Zen.fm. What would you say if I told you that you could change your life in only one hour and all while lying down relaxing? Thousands of people all over the world have. What am I talking about? It's called Access Consciousness The Bars. The Bars is an energetic body process that contains 32 different points on your head that when run assist you in releasing decisions about any area of your life that you have made solid and as a result cannot change. 
The BARS is the first class in Access Consciousness, a dynamic set of tools and information designed to transform any area of your life. When you have a BARS session, the worst that can happen is you feel like you had a fantastic massage. The best thing that can happen is your whole life could change. Go to accessconsciousness.com today to find a facilitator to schedule a private session or to find a BARS class in your area. Are you willing to give yourself an hour to change your life? This is The Pleasure Zone with body whisperer Melitza Yelenich. To participate in the program today, please call us in the U.S. Call 815-880-8255-TALK or Canada 613-800-8736 or you can Skype us at a2zen.fm. You can also make the choice to ask for comment by email by sending to Melitza at melitzayelenich.com. Now back to the program. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to The Pleasure Zone. I'm your host, Milica Jelanić. Um, I have a friend that's going to be joining us very soon who is a mother um, of three wonderful children that I've met all of them. And um, ranging in ages like nine, I think, to 14 or 15, or at least that kid looks 14 or 15. Anyhow, they're very cute. And uh, maybe less than nine? I have no idea. Um but I know that she's had conversations with her kids um, about sex, and I'd love to hear uh, from you, Katrina. I'd love to hear from you about um, how you've kind of um, had these conversations with your kids. Have you allowed them to just approach you, or have you brought it up? Um, you are a nurse, too, so you're going to be coming from um, more of a different uh, background, too, like you know, you've got all the anatomy to talk about and everything. So I'm just wondering <laughs> what um, what kind of information you get to share with your kids. Yeah, um, well, I think my kids, by the way, are six and um, nine and a half and twelve and a half. Okay. Um, yeah, Matthew is my youngest and then the two older ones are girls. And yeah, you're right. Like, I think for me, being a nurse has given me a lot of ease with talking about bodies Um and I've watched kids be really awkward about their bodies. And I know I was really awkward about with my body when I was that age, too, because nobody really ever wanted to talk to me about my body parts. Um, and I don't know. I've always had a lot of ease talking to my kids about their bodies because I just, you know, talk to them about their vaginas or penises the same way I talk to them about their arms and legs, you know, like... Uh, and what what I found, like, when my oldest was starting to go through puberty quite early, so like about nine years old, um, I started noticing that, yeah, um, I started noticing it was happening and I thought, oh, you know, I really need to, um, you know, (laughs) explore this area. And uh, they they have a program at school, like the uh, sex ed, I guess, if you want to call it, that's not what they call it, but program at school where they introduce um, the body and they introduce things very early, like grade one, right? Like uh, six years old. And the cool thing about it is that I always had a letter come home telling me what was going to be talked about, you know, in the following month. So I appreciated that from the school because it gave me a chance to talk about it with them first <laughs> um, in a way that, you know, I wanted to talk to them. And I remember when my daughter, it was clear to me that she was probably going to get her period soon. I went to look for some books because I had heard, you know, 
a good way to do it is to get them a book and like, you know, if you're not sure what to say. And I did that and I didn't like any of the ones that I re- saw um, because I found that a lot of them had a lot of opinion in them and a lot of points of view and a lot of um, like expectations or projections. Mm-hmm. And I, and I looked at a whole bunch of them and I was like, I'm not, I can do this without the book. Like I'm not interested in, putting all of these conclusions in my daughter's head before she even gets there, you know? Um, for example, like, you know, when you get your period, um, you might have cramps and you might have headaches and you might have really heavy flow. And it's like, okay, why don't we just set them up for all this stuff, you know? Like, yeah. And so I, I, I kind of, I don't even remember how I started bringing up the subject, but, you know, she when she was a little bit older and she was asking me questions specifically about sex, like I remember she kind of just brought it up unexpectedly one day and was like, what's sex? And I, you know, she took me a little bit aback by it, but I was able to tell her it just in a very matter of fact way, you know, this body part goes with this body part because then I know that's what she, that's the kind of information she was looking for. And yeah. And then it was just like, okay, she she kind of was like, oh, that's kind of weird. And then she, I remember she walked away and she didn't ask me again for like two weeks, you know, and then she came back and she was like, so, you know, she asked me some other questions. I don't remember what they were, but she needed a little bit more clarification. And so I gave it to her and then she walked away. And then <laughs> it's like she had to take it away and think about it for two weeks. And then she came back. And I remember one time she was like, so mom, like, does that mean you and daddy? <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> yes, yeah, at least three yeah. times. <laughs> yeah. And she was like, oh, okay. And she walked away. You know, like, and so there's this, they know, like, they, I think we make such a big deal about, you know, having the talk. And I think it's not really always required. I think if you're open and you talk about their bodies, um, all of their bodies, including, you know, their, their, vaginas and their penises and like like with ease and I think if you have ease then they have ease too um yeah I don't know like I noticed that she just came and asked me questions when she was ready and I answered them and then she left and came back and left and came back and you know and it was easy I love it so really being the invitation for your kids to to know that they can have the conversation with you yeah, and huge, I mean, and I think a lot of kids don't think they can do that, right? They're just like, right. no, my mom and dad are prudes, and so no, they don't know that. I don't want to talk to them about it. Well, I mean, and it's not to say that I didn't have moments of awkwardness because I did too, right? Like, I mean, I had some times when it was kind of felt kind of weird for me to talk about these things with my kids, but um, I knew that if I if I knew that they were aware of my weirdness, and so I had to really be aware of myself and like really lower my barriers and look at what what was uncomfortable for me and 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 just kind of get rid of that because I knew that they could perceive it. Um yeah. Awesome. It's kind um, of cool. And you know now I can I I I kind of keep it light and I I joke about it a little bit and um and I make it like a easy conversation instead of instead of buying into the awkwardness of it. Totally. I'm gonna. We have. I'm gonna see if we can get our other um, our other friends on with us. So we can have a conversation all together. Awesome. So I want to welcome Julia and Anthony, my newlywed friends. Hello. 
How are you guys? Um, Hey, Hey, everybody. Hi, guys. So Anthony Anthony is a father of three, and Julia is a stepmom of three. So essentially you're a mom of three, but, you know, people get technical about these things. So I'd like to hear from you guys. um, So Julia, kind of like walking in, uh, um, into these kids' lives as a as a mom, and you know you've got like a teenager there, you've got like a girl. So, um, you guys are aging in rage from like seven to sixteen or something in your home. Is that close? Yeah, yeah, eight to yeah. sixteen. That's that's correct. Okay, cool. There's- so. Yeah, so what's it like for you, Julia, like walking into a home, you've got all these ages, you've got all these different like hormone levels going on. Like what what is it like um to parent kids about their bodies? I've got my own, I've got my own <laughs> hormone levels too. <laughs> um no, I mean it well at first it was like I when I first met the kids, I just felt like totally in love with them. I thought they were the most magical, amazing creatures that I had ever laid eyes on and I just loved spending time with them. Like as as a, an authority figure, as a mom figure, but also as friends. because um, I'm not that much I'm eight years older than the oldest. So um and but we just had so much fun together. And then um when I moved in about eight months later um, after I'd met them, it there were times that it was really, really intense just because, um, like, the energies were so intense on me. I had never had that many people, like, that, like, three people who were so powerful pulling on me in all different directions all the time, and I would... Like, I wasn't used to it, so, if, like, I would try to answer everybody's question when three people were asking me a question simultaneously while I was trying to already do three different things, and it was like, ah. Um, but then it's like, you know, I really, really, really use the tools of access. And, um, you know, in terms of, like, hormone levels and their bodies and stuff like that, um that's been just something that I'm lucky. It's just so natural to me. Like, I don't have a point of view about any of it. Like, I think, like, a month after I met Aria, like, I hopped in the shower with her and helped her shower. And, and like, um, Anthony doesn't have any kind of point of view about it either. And so there's always just been, like, this space. And and um, there was, really hasn't been a weirdness around it. Just because I was never raised with a weirdness around bodies. And so... I've been able to to find a family that has the same point of view and and gift you know that point of view to them as well. So that's awesome, Anthony. I'd like to hear from you. Um, you know, having mm-hmm. Julia in your life now, like, what is that? Like, I could I what I perceive is that like what Julia has done for particularly for Aria with like comfort level being a girl. Like, she was the only girl on a house of three boys before. Like. Like what has like what has that kind of created? Like what energy um is she being that's actually like creating like what is it creating for you guys? I don't know how else to word it. Do you know what I'm getting at? Yeah, well it's it's you know, for Aria she'll even say if you ask her it's like a dream come true for her. It's something that she's waited for she'll say her whole life, you know. Her mom passed away when she was two and a half years old. 
And, you know, first probably two and a half to three years, maybe three years, every night before, you know, I tucked her into bed, when is mommy coming back? When is mommy coming back? And, you know, and I kept saying, she's not coming back, you know? And then and then it went from, when are you going to get a girlfriend? <laughs> when are you going to get a girlfriend so I can have a new mommy? And then it got to a point where I was like, you know, daddy may not ever have a girlfriend, you know? And I tried to really get it out of her head that, you know, like it could be possible, but it may never be possible. You know what I mean? It just may not happen because relationships are not easy. And to find someone that would be willing to come into our situation, you know, I don't know. That, that I don't. I didn't think the odds were in my favor. So, you know, if anything, I was trying to say, hey, you know what? It, yeah, you know, honey, what would it be like if you were okay with things just being the way that they are, where it's just daddy, you know? And so. And then so, you know, when Julia came on board and we started looking things a lot more seriously, um, it's just been, like, easy, you know? It's just been, you know, Gary talks about, like, don't do relationship if it doesn't make things, like, what, ten times greater? And it's just been ten times greater. I'm not saying that everything is perfect, but it's, but it's like, but it is ten times greater. And, and, and all its imperfections. And um, And so... And seeing that with my daughter, it, I can't, what, what can you say about it other than just it warms my heart to see that she has a female companion that she's so grateful for. And even the boys, it's like at night when Julie and I sometimes will get into bed before the kids. And even, you know, the teenagers jump into bed with us. And those were things that we did when their mom was alive and they were much younger, you know. So to even have the teenagers jump in bed with their stepmom, you know what I mean? And with me in there, it's like family. And so I couldn't have scripted, you know, you don't even have these kind of scenarios on a Hallmark TV show. You know what I mean? So it's really True. cool. Yeah, so very so, grateful. Anthony, what kind of conversations have you, like with your older son who's 16, um, and I've heard, I've heard that he's had like, you know, I've heard that he's asked Gary questions in classes before. Um, but what kind of conversations have you had with him um, about sex and bodies? So, like, is it kind of like Petrina, where she's she allowed them to just kind of come to her whenever, or have you initiated conversations with them, or how does that show up? Yeah, that's a great that's a great question. Well, you know, I've always had the point of view that I keep things very open in my household, which is the complete opposite of how I was raised. It was like, you know. The way I was raised was like keep a secret, and I found out everything out in the street, you know, and on the playground. <laughs> so I had the opposite point of view, grow, uh, you know, when I'm like, when I'm a parent, I'm going to take a different approach. So once I knew that Elijah, who's 16, he started puberty real young. He was 12, so he's like really developing really early. So I just started talking to him about the birds and the bees, you know. I started talking to him about masturbation started talking to him about all of it and um or as much as I thought that his little brain can handle and and I tried to you know like look I'm here for you you know whenever you want to talk no matter how uncomfortable you feel now I guess you know it's like uh, you know now did he go and I, I think I ended up planting a lot of seeds in there because it if anything it raised a lot of curiosity so then he started like going online and and he started you know he's like oh what's dad talking about so he's he would type in, like, you know, different body parts, and then, like, all these pornography sites would come up. 
and then he got curious <laughs> with that. And, and how I found out about that was like my computer got locked down. And he's like, hey, Dad, remember when I told you your computer was doing funny things? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, well, now it's like saying something about the FBI. So I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> so I go up in my computer. So it kind of like backf- it backfired a little bit because it, it raised so much curiosity. Like I felt like he went to all the wrong places to go explore. So I'm like, dude. I'm like, That's I thought really we talked about yeah, and I'm like, man, I wanted to show him, like, Kama Sutra books, and, you know, I would have gotten him some Playboy magazines, like, old school stuff, you know? Or, like, oh, what a good dad, those Playboys. Little... I love it. <laughs> yeah, just something a little kinder, you know? So then when that all came up, I was just more angry because my computer got locked down, and I had to pay all this money to um have my computer guy, you know, come and fix it. But I was like, and at that and moment, I'm like, son, look, I... Cookies. And he's like, what kind of pornography are you looking at, Anthony? Of course it's going to be on your head. <laughs> well, you know, and, and growing up, it was like I was just my imagination, so we just talked talk about that. But I didn't make him wrong for that part of it um, at all. And I'm like, listen, if you're really curious, there there are places that I'd rather you look than than those particular sites because, you know, they're really unkind to the bodies. And that's not, you know, that is one way that to me there's, so, there's, you know, there's magic in all of that. So I would try to explain to him, like, you know, there's magic. There can be magic in communion when when two bodies come together. And, you know, from my point of view, you know, that's how it should be. And so I wanted him to understand that there's a whole other side to when bodies come together and that that magic is, is possible. And so, you know, but, you know, I didn't want to hide anything from him. And, um, but, you know, my point of view was just to, to plant seeds. And then, you know, and then the, the second guy, same thing. I had the same conversations with them. And then he would overhear me talking to the older guy. I mean, my daughter, who's eight years old, she wanted to know what condoms were. Well, I explained them to her. So did Siva. I said, it's <laughs> yeah, I said, it's something you put over the penis, <laughs> you know, and it's like a raincoat, <laughs> you know, and That's funny. um, and I said, and, yeah, and I said, and I go, you know how, like, the seed, which is called the sperm, and it swims inside the vagina to find the egg and then eventually makes the baby, and I said, well, when you put the condom on, it catches the seeds so that it doesn't go inside the woman's vagina, and she goes, oh, so then we just got a shipment in from Amazon because we like to use lambskin condoms because they don't have as much of an irritation on the vagina. So but it comes in, and she thought it was like a Barbie present from Amazon. And so she opens it up. Oh. She's like, what's these? <laughs> oh, like, my God, oh, that's these awesome. Are the condoms. These are the condoms. I'm like, would you run upstairs and show them to Julia? She's like, okay. <laughs> and it was like, no big deal. You know what I mean? That's, like, <laughs> it was like, that's, that's my world now because I'm now like part... For fun, I'm selling sex toys on, and so I get shipments from like you know um, UPS, like big boxes. And Ziva's like, "What?" And she gets very. I'm like, "Hey, Ziva, those are pretend penises in there." And she's like, "Oh, again?" She's like disappointed about how many pretend penises Mummy's ordering into the house. Why aren't they dolls, Mummy? Why? What kind of freaking toys are those? Who wants those toys? <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So um, before we go, guys, we have the three minutes left. I would love to hear what tool would you give your teenage self that would actually have created more ease for you in your life that could create more ease for other teens listening? Uh, well, oh, for wow. me, gosh, I, I I wish someone would have told me it was okay to masturbate. I didn't start masturbating till I was 16. I God, if someone had told me it was okay to do it, I would have probably started around 12 or 13 years old. That was because I, I was like it. a time bomb. I was a time Masturbation bomb. So I didn't start masturbating till my junior year in in high school. It was like, it was, and I'm like, once I start, I'm like, why didn't anybody tell me this? But I was ashamed. Even then, I was totally wow. ashamed that I was doing it. So anyway, I was like that would four. be it. That's okay to masturbate. That's awesome. <laughs> I was like four, and I still hit it because I was still embarrassed, but I still did it. <laughs> um, Julia, <laughs> awesome. what, what would you give your team yourself as a Mine is similar, actually. I thought of mine before Anthony said his, but there's the same. But mine would just That's be awesome. to, as long as it's wrapped up, I wish I would have had more fun because <laughs> I was a prude. <laughs> I waited until I was 19, and I could have had a lot more fun than I did. (laughs) As long as it's around. So, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know if I would tell our kids that now, but that's what I would tell myself. I love it. So, Petrina, what would you tell yourself? Yeah, you know, uh, similarly, like, I think I grew up with a very Catholic upbringing, and I think I, I really would have told myself that um, it's okay to have sex for fun. And because I grew up, you know, being taught that sex was for procreation and um yeah like just that it's okay to have sex because it's fun and i actually have told my daughter that she asked me that once she's like well how come you and daddy still still have sex like you don't want to have kids and i'm like because it's fun (laughs) and she was and she was like oh so yeah that's what it totally what i would have told myself i've been asked that same question it's fun. Some people will get offended. Why are you guys doing that again? You said you don't want kids. I thought you just wanted me. It's like, wow, you don't have to go into a beyond on this. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> We're just it's, having it's, fun. We're not trying to hurt you. It's okay. It's it's. I just want to say, like, it's such a gift to have this kind of ease with talking to your kids about sex. Like to, you know, get a package of condoms in the mail and be like, yeah, those are like it, it's so amazing. I, I I can't even imagine what that would have been like for me as a kid, if 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 I had that in my life. Just oh, so great. I want to thank all of you guys for being on. If you guys want to ever meet Petrina, uh, Anthony, or Julia, you can find them all on Facebook. Julia Sotis, Anthony Mattis, Petrina Faba. Petrina's also got a radio show on this station called Messy Adventures in Living. It's on Mondays, Monday mornings. Um, Anthony and Julia travel the world facilitating classes. I think Julia's going to be in Japan soon, right, Julia? Yeah, Anthony so, yeah. and I are both going. Cool. So um, we're done, and thank you guys for joining me. Thank you for choosing to listen to The Pleasure Zone. Melitza Yelenich will return next Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Mountain, and 5 p.m. Pacific on A2Zen.fm. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life by choosing to be turned on and tuned in to your body.